Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. Hey, everybody. So uh, welcome to the podcast. It is now January 2020. And just a really quick introduction. This is an interview that I've broken into two parts with... The most amazing songwriter, worship leader ever in the whole wide world. Of course, every time I interview somebody, I'm probably going to say that, but Casey has been a huge influence. You'll hear a bit more about who he is and, uh, you know, my first discovery of him. But Casey Corum, vineyard leader and producer, songwriter, just an amazing guy. Uh, This is part one of my interview with him, and it's actually from last year. And I've been sitting on this for a while and trying to find the, the best time to to get it out there. So here it is. Well, I'd like to welcome Casey Corum to the... I'm getting all comfortable here, but the listeners can't see me. But I'm crossing my legs. What do they call that? So uh, I'm getting meditative. All so, right. so years ago, I was just talking to Lisa, the, my wife, Lisa... Uh, this morning said man like 20 years ago I probably heard the first of the first time I heard one of your songs was 20 years ago mm-hmm. and just right away I, I just loved I loved it I think it was my delight and oh oh wow okay I sure hope that's your song because all these it, years, is, my, it uh, is my song yeah that's <laughs> <a deep> cut. <laughs> oh no I we we played that song so much oh wow lo- just absolutely loved it probably my favorite Probably my favorite line is practicing presence. And I must have been reading, I'm, I don't know, I was reading some monastic literature of some sort and it like just coincided with me learning your song. And so, yes, thank you for writing that and yeah. many other songs over the years that I've enjoyed. And uh, I can't remember the album, what that album was called, but it was, it was like a vineyard live thing i think yeah the, i think the first thing that was on vineyard wise was the i was on a couple touching the father's hearts yeah uh, that that was on the first one i think it was called i love your ways okay it was, was you shelter me on that too you shelter me was the previous uh in okay. the series yeah that was and, the- I, and i and, and i had a song on that on i had a song of mine called better than was on that oh. it wasn't me singing it but it was on the previous right. It was on the previous release. Okay. I think somebody at, at our church, you know, I, I was an intern at the time and I was just starting out and somebody came up and had me this blank cassette and it had, must have been a, a songs from those two records because that mm. those two songs were on there. Oh, okay. And, and uh, my delight was, oh man. So, um, yeah, just to, before we get any further, why don't you, just give us a little bit of your story and, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. I grew up, uh, I grew up in, in Washington state. Um, and a good chunk of that time in, in the Okanagan Valley. Yeah. Boom. What? Yeah. Yeah. Right up. This episode of worship leader life was brought to you by the Okanagan in beautiful British Columbia, Canada and the Okanogan in Washington State, USA. Uh, yeah, so I, my, my, my family's from there, but I grew up the, the child of uh, kind of hippies, sort of. You know, you know, there's a lot of hippies in the Okanagan Valley, especially on the American side, assuming it's true on the Canadian side as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my parents were classic baby boomers in the sense that they grew up in the church yeah and then when they came of age uh decided that wasn't really their thing and uh it was the 60s and you know they they uh were discipled by the beatles and and such so they were they were people of their era so um they uh they got married young um but my dad then my dad was drafted vietnam era so um and then I came along eventually uh, in that in that process. Anyway, I grew up outside of any real faith tradition, um, and being like a you know child of of 
hippies for lack of a better way to say it. Um, you know, like our spiritual values were basically question everything that, you know, or have some sort of general right. spirituality. Um, my parents are both musicians, so it was a fairly creative artistic household. So there's that, you know, I think it's hard to be a creative person and, and be, um, I know that there are creative atheists out there in the world, but I think by and large, at least my experiences, when you're in touch with the creative unction, there's so much of that process that feels like it's from without that, um, that it's, I think it's hard to, to, uh, to rule out something else being out there anyway. Um, that's good. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's kind of my basic upbringing. Um, in high school, uh, my parents just needed a change and they just up and moved to uh, Southern California. They just kind of picked okay. a, picked a location. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's not easy. I moved around a fair amount, even though it was all in the Northwest growing up. Um, it's not the easiest thing to move between freshman and sophomore year of high school. Oh, wow. and, uh, yeah. So that said, you know, talking to, we, you know, we lived in this small town um, and uh, talking a kid into moving, you know, to Southern California is there are worse places that you could, yeah. you could, you could, you could be, you could be talking to your kid about moving to. So yeah, that's pretty move, yeah not, not, not a uh, little, little easier, took the sting out of it a little bit. So um, while well, I'm telling you a long version of the story. So oh, it's great. It's great. So I kind of, I go through a couple years of high school and I'm, you know, kind of, I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm trying to pursue that goal. I'm not in with the best crowd. Like my, my life isn't completely off the rails, but it's not necessarily on the rails. Uh, and in the middle of all that, like famous, famous last words, I, uh, I met a girl. So, uh, so I meet this girl in a, in choir class actually. So, so I meet this girl and um we eventually uh we kind of like each other we end up going on a, on a date or two and then she's she comes back to me at, at some point early on in the relationship and the official relationship and mm -hmm. says um uh we need to end this and i'm like why you know she's like because i'm a i'm a christian and you're not and i'm like i'm Jesus is all right. Like I like Jesus, you know. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm an artist. I'm a spiritual person, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that doesn't necessarily automatically end it, but um, it definitely kind of puts it in this kind of funny spot. Uh, so she invites me to this youth church meeting at a, at a church in the area, um, um, and the, the church was called the Vineyard. It was the Desert Vineyard in, in Lancaster, California. So. Right so I, so for me, church up until that point was something I saw on, on movies and television and, uh, and then maybe something that was kind of connected to one of my grandmothers, you know, yeah. or like, like the good kids or, or the good kids that were good. And then they kind of weren't good sometimes. Like, it just wasn't like a, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a real yeah. vibrant you know, it just was something that wasn't related to my life at all. Yeah. Uh, and I think my basic theology at the time was if God is real, then that's important. And it, and it felt to me any interaction I had with the church, especially in the youth realm, was tending to kind of be a little bit trite and silly and kind of dumbing things down. <coughs> just not my thing. So, uh, so anyway, I walk into this, this youth church meeting. And first thing is it's uh, it was, this was the eighties. So like everybody's <laughs> diversity in the eighties, although there was some ethnic diversity, diversity was, was based on the music you listened to. So yeah. you had, everybody had a different uniform based on your, your musical preference. Yeah. So you could tell you, like you could tell the punks from the, you know, from the straight lace kids, from the metal heads, from the, you know, yeah, uh, from from you know all that everybody's divided by genre basically. I think, I think people think those John Hughes movies are like exaggerated, but they for me that was true. It was all true. No, it's absolutely true. In fact, where at where where I lived in California, like there were sections of the school <laughs> that were divided. It was all music genre. This is like yeah. literally like this is there was a place called Punk Lawn. That was a that's where all the all the punk kids were. 
yeah so it's you know it that it was all divided by genre yeah, yeah. a little bit but little bit by race but but uh mostly by musical genre i walk into this church meeting um you know it's like a youth it's called, hard to call a youth group because it was ba- you know it's basically shaped like a youth like a like a church service so so you know so in the room was were all these kids of all these different walks of life they weren't just like good church kids you know they were they were kids like you know in other words i was long hair if you can you know you can imagine that uh, long-haired musician multiple earrings blah 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 yeah. um and so i you know i wasn't like a normal church kid in, in my estimation but they're they're kids from all these different um you know arenas of or communities of music i guess just different walks of life mm-hmm. and they're all there together and they're all uh like reaching out in worship, raising their hands, and and the band on stage is first of all it's a band, yeah, and uh, which is pretty novel in the, in the eighties to walk into something like that, really? and uh, and and most of the band was 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 high school kids, and mm-hmm. the, and then the the message was delivered by a high school kid, and there was a ministry time, and I, and I was immediately struck by it. Wow. Um, one of the first things that kind of resonated with me was. It's like, wow, these people believe God is real and they believe, you know, and they're reaching out to him. I'm like, that was immediately uh, attractive to me. And this is a very classic, uh, classic vineyard style story in the sense that uh, in hindsight, I look back on it and realize that I, I basically was confronted by the presence of God in worship. Oh, yeah. And, and um, you know, of course, I didn't have the, the knowledge or the, you know, understanding of, you know, the awareness of that. Uh, I think probably my reaction was, this is cool <laughs> yeah. or, or rad, dude. Something, yeah. something very, something very Southern Cal, Southern California. In the With a flick of the hair. Yeah. It's like shaking my head. Cause I had, I had the mullet, but I also had the skater thing too. So I had the, nice. the skater and the mullet. So it's kind of the skate, uh, skate mullet. I think you shared, yeah. shared that on Facebook. Yep. Yep. Uh, junior prom right around that same time. Uh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, so I was immediately being drawn in and I went to uh, a Sunday morning service a couple weeks later. I got to gone to the youth service a handful of times and then and, you know, had this sense of just kind of walking into the kind of like the love of God. Like, um, is it um, is it Wesley that I know Wesley talks about being strangely warmed, but there's somebody talking to, who talks about the liquid love of God. It's a yeah. li- little bit of that kind of uh, like, I just felt completely engulfed by the love of God walking into the, into the Sunday service at, at Desert Vineyard. Wow. And uh, yeah. So then I, after service, I had, you know, a couple of youth leaders um, share kind of a basic presentation of the gospel with me. And I, I pray the prayer. Um, I think, you know, I think faith is a, is a journey more than a, you know, a decision point, um, you know, look, but there was definitely like, there was gravity and momentum towards Jesus and that whole thing for me. Um, but since I prayed the prayer, <coughs> I had, um, I had crossed over the line, I guess, in their, in, in their, in their viewpoint of me. So they, uh, uh, at, at lunch, they said, Hey, uh, cause I was a musician prior to all this. I said, "Hey, do you uh, you play the drums?" I'm like, "Sure." So, so like, which which uh, which I always say is says more about their need for a drummer than my <laughs> abilities at the abilities at the time. But I could keep a beat. So, right uh, so I I got recruited into a worship ministry uh, on day one of you know praying the prayer, blah blah blah. Uh, so yeah, that was just a it was a season for me where the Lord just. I was, you know, I'd moved to LA. I was playing in, in, in this band that was playing all these clubs around Hollywood and LA. And, and my goal in life was basically I was pursuing, uh, I kind of wanted to be, do it all. Like my, probably, probably to this day, my chief musical influence is, uh, is Prince. Mm. So, I mean, I, it's much deeper than that, but that was, you know, that's very formative to this day. Um, and Prince uh, you know, played 27 instruments, Prince, uh, sang every voice, you know, not always, but like on many records, he played every instrument, sang every voice. Stevie Wonder did a lot of the same, same stuff. So that, you know, being drawing from that, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to play multiple instruments. I wanted to, 
produce, engineer, um, you know, all that stuff. So, so at that point, even though I got plugged into worship ministry straight away, it's like the Lord just kind of unplugged that whole series of desires. And this, again, this was the eighties. So worship as a career track or, you know, even to some degree it was, you know, it was, it was a ministry of the church, but it, you know, as the churches like, you know, charismatic churches, churches like the vineyard, but it wasn't really like, it was just something musicians did to serve. It, it just was way more um, grassroots and less, there wasn't a, there wasn't a music industry based around it. You know, it just was a, yeah. in other words, it wasn't like, okay, now I'll be, instead of being Prince, I'll be, the worship version of Prince or something, yeah. something along those lines. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, like yeah, so, I, I had the yeah. same experience. I went, when I went to school, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be, I want to be like a worship pastor or whatever. And I get to school. I realized pretty quick, like at that time there was in like the mid nineties, there wasn't even, uh, what we have now, you know, like, um, uh, like pop rock kind of, uh, focus on the music. It was all classical, choral based. You yeah, want right. to work. You want to work in the church and do music. Yeah. You need direct to learn. Yeah, and, you yeah. need to learn how to direct choirs yeah. and and do a lot of other administrative things. And so I got a great education. But anyway, sorry. So yeah, I, I those were that was that it was like that for a long time. And even even now, like it's not like it's completely different. But there's a lot more. Um, opportunity to learn how to um serve in the church with rock and roll shall we say yeah right right <laughs> well in some anyways, ways sorry. it's, it's yeah. a similar like some of the structure it's like the genre has changed but the educational structure is kind of the same so yeah it's, it's like yeah it kind of depends on your faith tradition because like I, it's it's almost like there are moments and certain movements where you look at you look at the you know, like you know say you know 25 years ago, most churches had, you know, choirs and organs and can't, you know, more, more of that kind of structure. Yeah. Uh, and nowadays pretty much everybody has a band and, you know, video projection and, you yeah. know, you know, that, you know, that kind of modality, but you can, I think it's less, it's, it's more difficult to tell the tradition, but you can kind of see like, okay, well, this is the, you know, this is more the Baptist structure around modern shapes of worship that still you know still has some of the oh, yeah, the values and trappings and this is more of a charismatic expression even yeah. though like on the surface it looks very similar yeah um but i think the uh, i think the distinctions are are di more difficult to to suss out yeah. but some of the underlying underlying values kind of kind of still exist yeah that, like, what, that's what, that's not that's not a pro or a con that's just a yeah an, obs an observation what i ended up doing was i i was in in when I went to college, I was playing in the bars in like, just whatever cover bands, bar bands, you know, house gigs, weekly gigs, mm -hmm. and and then do like learning uh, <laughs> spiritual care, pastoral, and theology, you know, all all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff at, at school, and and um, so like the I guess the concepts of worship of liturgy of of you know the theology of worship and not so much the doctrine like even though i did go to a denominational school but um yeah. so like those two worlds did they still work it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter yeah yeah right. yeah the musical style doesn't isn't yeah isn't necessarily all that determinative of some of the underlying values i, I think yeah so I mean, sometimes I, sometimes it's difficult to incorporate certain styles but yeah 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 Anyway, sorry, I, I didn't mean to... Interrupt. No, no, that's fine. Just, yeah, so... So there wasn't a track. You know, there wasn't like... There, was, there wasn't a track. I'm going to be so, Prince for the uh, church. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it wasn't even like, I wish there was a track. It's just that, like, it was almost like, what do I, you know, what do I do? Yeah. Like, you know, now that I'm a Christian, like, music is no longer, you know, the God of my life. What does that mean? So I, for a, for a little while, this was like, end of my junior year, moving into my senior year, and... um uh grade 11 grade 12 was that in canada so same same yeah. thing different yeah. names yeah yeah so so for a tiny stretch of time i actually i actually looked into becoming like a electrical engineer because uh 
like I, I did pretty well in math. So it was like a moment where like, I, it was almost like this music thing is irresponsible. It's just, it wasn't really the Lord. It was just my own thought process. Like yeah. this music thing's irresponsible. I should do something, you know, more responsible. So, so I'm good at math. I'll be an engineer. So I, so for like for the beginning of my senior year, I kind of pursued that for a tiny bit. And then just my, my faith, uh, like there, it was an interesting time in this win, in this window in in that church in that valley where a lot of kids were coming to faith, and 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 in hindsight, I realized it was something the Lord was really doing. Mm. Um, at the and but at the same time, it's um, it feels like um, uh, it it like it felt like that was a normal thing. Like it, so, in hindsight, I realized like that's something. It was a unique, it was a unique season. So, um, looking back, it's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Looking back, Yeah. Sorry. So I've got a text and it's like, I should turn my text off. Um, so, um, oh geez, now she's barking. Right, let me, let me open the door for the dog here. My dog was barking too. Here, I'll, I'll do this and then she can, nice. she can run outside for, you know, the 30 seconds that she wants to run outside. Yeah. Go, go, come on. Don't just stand there. All right. All right, she's just bar standing at the door barking. See, I didn't that'll, that, that'll okay. All right, okay. My dog was barking too, but you didn't. Okay. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hear <laughs> it. So um, yeah. So um, let's see. Oh, so I enter I entertained this kind of engineering path for a little while, <laughs> but uh, and then the Lord was kind of moving, and a lot of people coming to faith. I was so green and so like didn't know anything. Like they gave, they gave me a new Testament and, uh, like literally I'm like reading the new Testament and I'm reading, uh, I'm reading through Matthew and then I, I go through Mark and I'm like, this is the same story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, let's go kind of digging into Luke, same story. And then John's a little different, but I'm reading like, oh, okay, this is the God, you know, the gospels and yeah, right on. okay, that's okay. Four gospels, different tellings. But at, at first I'm just, cause you, you read a book, you read it from the beginning to the end. I had, a, of course I didn't have a full Bible. I just had a new Testament. <laughs> and, um, and then about a month and a half into kind of this faith journey, like we have this, like we have this youth retreat where it's like a full day of like youth repenting of all this heavy stuff. Oh, wow. Again, like not super normal, but just like, and then intense ministry. And then at the end, at the end of the day, we went, we, I remember we went to dinner, we came back and they said, well, now we're going to pray for people. I'm like, we spent all day praying for people. You know, basically they're doing like a, like a kind of baptism of the spirit empowerment kind of moment. Yeah. Um, and they're praying for me. And I just have this, you know, dramatic encounter with the Holy spirit, like electricity through my whole body and like crying and laughing. Uh, wow. And, uh, this whole thing, um, as the Lord was sort of healing a bunch of stuff, like bringing stuff to mind and healing it and kind of this back and forth. And then at the end of it, I just, I, I kind of stood up and I felt drunk. Yeah. And, and uh, and then, <laughs> and, and I think maybe some of like, you know, the kind of inboard skepticism, it was helpful for me that that happened that way. Cause then I finally got to, after, after that season, I finally got to the book of acts and hmm. went, Oh, okay. So it's, I, it's like, it's like, it's like that had to ha it happened to me prior to the, to the wow. reading. I'd say I would have tricked myself into, you know, so yeah. just how, how, how my, my, um, my brain might have worked at, worked at the time. So <laughs> anyway, so I, I decided I'd need to pursue this, engineering track it, it becomes pretty evident that you know like my faith is becoming you know like i don't know what i'm supposed to do and so like i look into maybe going into ywam or some sort of mission thing mm. um and then um and then way down at the bottom of the list was this this church plant that was leaving the desert vineyard and going to boise idaho so uh yeah that was you know not very interesting uh to, to to me at the time so i was like oh that's nice that's probably a good thing to do go plant churches in idaho um <laughs> you know flipping through like the ywam had this thing called the go manual so you could kind of see every opportunity in the whole world oh, yeah. so like flip, flipping through all these different wow i could go to you know 
Africa or, you know, some crazy, you know, I could go all over the, I could go to, you know, you know, Germany or what, you know, wherever it's just all over the, all over the world. Yeah. And then Idaho doesn't really rank up on that list <laughs> by comparison. So, um, cutting to the chase, you know, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time, um, we both kind of like, she kind of lands on the fact that she, she feels like she's supposed to go on this church plant. I had kind of like decided I was not going to do that. Maybe go to Bible school. I don't know what the heck I was going to do. Yeah. Um, well, I went up to, went up to Idaho to kind of, uh, we'd kind of gone back and forth because a bunch of our friends had gone up. And then on this last trip to Idaho, the Lord made it really clear, um, that this was kind of what I, you know, with this church went on a three day fast. So like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, one thing, I one thing you say like a teenager wouldn't do that, but like, that's just kind of, that's just what we were doing. They're like, yeah. yeah. yeah so cool. we, we did that and then just kind of through that process, the Lord said, this is what, this is what you're supposed to do. So a month later I, I moved with the church plant to, to help start the Boise vineyard. Cool. Um, yeah. So, and then eventually that, that girlfriend became my wife. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, Congrats. so, um, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah. So we, we, um, I'd been up there about a year and then I kind of, again, I kind of laid down all this music stuff and again, worship wasn't really, so it was a way we served, but it wasn't like a career path or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, some records started to come out. There was a record out of, out of Langley, one of the, and I got even some of the earlier ones. So you, uh, you know, the record changed by your glory. I'm sure you probably yep. do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So changed by your glory came out and, uh, and just rocked my world. Um, even though churches like the vineyard were instrumental in transforming the way the church worshiped mm. because of my background and like having no faith background and, and even musically speaking, uh, I valued worship. Um, and I met the Lord through those early vineyard songs, but it was really not my music. It was, it was, it might as well have been, you know, hymns from another era. They just, what it just didn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't speaking my, my cultural language. It was, it was, um, it might as you know, it just was church, church music, call, call it baby boomer, Jesus, Jesus movement or the extrapolation of Jesus movement, church music. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly. Yeah, sorry. My, yeah, coming from my zone. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. That's how, how I sort of saw it too. Like, I grew up just like half an hour from where Brian lives mm-hmm. in Abbotsford, Brian Dirksen, mm-hmm. and that's I, yeah. I just looked up the year. It's nineteen eighty nine. Was the yep. change by your glory right? And yep. uh, you know, this stuff was going on right, right there, and it still it didn't feel like something it wasn't part of my kind of musical or even uh, worship or spiritual experience. It was, I just didn't realize it. Like I still thought, Oh, who's that? Uh, Brian Dirksen. Oh, yeah, I've heard that name or the vineyard. Yeah. Oh, I've heard about that. Then we had a guy on the radio that was always like complaining about the vineyard church and stuff. Yeah. Well, it, it, filling it, it, us with, was few, there was a few of those. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, so yeah. So, yeah, so, so that, that record came out and if, you know, if you were to go back and listen to it today, which I, I don't think you can, maybe, maybe it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. Um, it, it was just this, this, this church, it was independent record in 1988, 89. Um, and it, you know, it's nothing special necessarily, but it was super like honest and it was just packed with these songs that just eventually are sung all over the world. Like Refiner's Fire was on that record. Good to Me's on that record. Yeah. Uh, Faith, Faithful One's on that record. I Lift My Eyes Up is on that record. Like, I'm just like, what is this? And I just, I would listen to that record and I would just meet God and weep. And, and then another, I got another thing uh, from, it was, it was a prophetic conference workshop tape from uh from anaheim vineyard and it was kevin prosh talking about prophetic singing or something like that at the time he wasn't directly associated with the vineyard before they kind of enfolded in what was called kansas city fellowship at the time right. and at, at the end of this workshop tape was about 20 minutes of kevin leading worship and it was like you know i'm, I'm not even sure the guitar was plugged in so it was like his, it was like his lapel, like, I don't even know what it was, yeah. but you could hear it. You could hear it enough. It was not good. 
at all, but it was amazing. But it was so amazing because so it was like 20 minutes of like worship through whatever was recording this workshop. And so I would listen to Change Warrior Glory, which compared to that was much more professional, which isn't saying much. Um, and this Kevin Frost thing. And I, I, at the time, I'm like, okay. So it kind of like, like it sunk in to the degree where I'm like, um, this is a, this is what I want to do with my life. I, like, I, so I can make music that touches my heart that also touches the Lord's heart. So that was sort of like, the Lord sort of opened a vision, you know, this is what, you know, this, this is sort of what I'm doing. I'm, and I'm like, I want to give my life to this thing. Uh, and it kind of was like, you know, I think a lot of times when we hold on tightly to something, um, we, um, the Lord prize our grip loose of it. Mm. And then we, we finally let go of it. And then about the time we finally let go of it, sometimes he puts it back in our hands. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so it's like, and you can't, and you can't really trick God into that whole process. It's yeah. just something that just something that happens. Yeah. So that's sort of what happened with this whole music thing. Like it's sort of, you know, he, he took it away from me and it wasn't actually that big of a struggle at initially, but I just, it left me in this kind of like, what am I supposed to do? And yeah. actually from, from my early Christian life, it was a, it was a big revelation into the goodness of God that God would make me a certain way and then call me to serve him using that gift. Um, so that, that was kind of blew my mind at the time. Um, so yeah, so like it was around that time, a, a, an English worship leader who was married to a, a, a Idaho girl had moved back to, there wasn't just, you know, back in those days, there wasn't much in the way of modern worship around, especially in a place like Boise, Idaho. Mm. So this guy moves back. He was somewhat connected with like kind of the early days of like Kingsway and that, that whole world. Yeah. He moves back to Idaho with his wife starts this um starts the best like commercial studio in town mostly doing like jingles and that sort of thing and starts going to the vineyard and to this day i, I probably need to ask him like he just sort of at one point he, he hands me a key to the studio and says hey whenever whenever you uh whenever it's whenever it's free you can use it wow so um so that was amazing kind of freaked me out but yeah. the um the thing is, like you know, had I pursued had I pursued this kind of musical production world uh, in LA, you know, which was kind of my goal, um, I would have been, you know, one of potentially thousands of people trying to, you know, knock on doors and in a in a, in a way could be made in that zone as well. But and then the last thing you do, yeah, yeah, the last thing you do is move a thousand miles north <laughs> to Idaho and and get get your own personal access to the best studio in town that's 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 not what you'd normally do (laughs) but it's it's just one of those indications of like oh okay this is this is the lord and it came it came kind of i mean it came just so like there was these series of things like (coughs) the serving in worship it wasn't like i was seeking these things they these doors these doors opened like okay so uh let's see this is getting super granular um yeah got married got married started having kids um we were pregnant four months in which was was the way we did it i guess (laughs) we we ended up having four four daughters who are now all in their 20s so that's uh that's uh i got to four kids and i was like there's a lot of kids um good good kids good kids um in the middle of that uh just kind of serving the local church ended up ended up going on staff at Boise Vineyard as the as the worship pastor uh, uh, when I was 24 wow. and had kind of from probably from the it was probably those first records that kind of turned the switch for me in terms of like oh you can do this you can write songs and you can um, um, even though I you know back in those back in the early days in the 80s in the vineyard you had a hard time even knowing and you know they didn't even put anybody's name on anything so you didn't you didn't even like i didn't know any where any of the songs came from i just they're just church songs yeah and i remember for some reason there was one song that had somebody's name on it it was a song called warrior hmm. and it was a uh, one uh, one mr andrew park ah, and, nice. you know, his, uh, so his name was on it 
so that's the one that's literally the one name I knew was like, oh, Andy Clark is a vineyard. Yeah. Well, people, I guess, I guess people write these songs. Anyway, it was those, <laughs> it was those, those uh, Earth, that changed by your glory record in particular. <clears throat> they were like, oh, kind of, kind of opened my, my eyes and my heart to like, oh, we can, we can write songs that, that, um, that express who we are that touch the heart of God. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm in. So I kind of started like some, started to write some take my stab at that, which, yeah. which was very, which all that is like, especially the early days is very, it's very personal and very, you know, awkward. And, <laughs> and, uh, well, you, you mentioned earlier, uh, my delight, uh, was one of those early, early songs, just trying to express, uh, my heart for the Lord. Um, ended up on staff at Boise Vineyard and, and, uh, trying to walk this whole thing out. Um, uh, some of my songs ended up in the, in the vineyard music, Somebody, you know, vineyard music at the time was this black box that nobody, nobody knew, nobody knew how to get in. What do you do? You send your, you send your songs and, and then maybe, maybe a year and a half from now, you might get a rejection letter. (laughs) I think that, I think that was a lot of people's experience with this. So I had sent some songs in and heard, heard literally nothing (coughs) for a couple of years. Mm. Okay. And then I had, um, I, I got a random voicemail saying like oh we're going to record one of your songs I'm like oh okay so, <laughs> it's, it's a, so just sort of like oh i guess some i guess it made it to <laughs> <laughs> that's great so yeah so anyway it, at that point for me it, it turned into this thing where like um like a, a bunch of my songs started to be recorded uh we you know we were writing all kinds of stuff at the time in the context serving our local church but that that turned into a a growing relationship with this larger national entity thing called Vineyard Music, yeah. um, which then over the course of about five, six, seven years, um, started started producing records for them. That eventually turned into a to a job offer um, where I when they they moved the offices to to Texas in two thousand two two thousand three, mm. and um, I stepped into a role uh, overseeing the creative side of what what happened there for about 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then, um, Were you on staff at a church as well, or was it full-time with the That was full-time. Okay. <coughs> we, we, uh, when we moved to Houston, we were, we attended a church called the Sugarland Vineyard, right. which is a suburb, out, suburb outside of Houston. And then for, for probably my back, probably the back five years, I would say of my time in Texas, um, I was technically like part-time staff at Sugarland Vineyard worship pastor again. Yeah. Uh, so there's like a five-year five-year gap where I was working for Vineyard Worship, and then over like I also chaired the National Task Force for Worship for for the church Vineyard USA church side of things. It's yeah. related but different. Um, okay. And then the last last five years added this local church thing back in. Right um, yeah, and that then that then the ground started to shake. There's these, these moments where the Lord is transitioning us and we don't quite know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but in late 2012, um, felt like some, like a shift was coming. And, uh, in that window of time, my wife, my wife, uh, uh, was laid off and, um, and also discovered that one of her sisters who all lived in California, cause I heard our, all of our family is, west coast mm-hmm. um uh had lymphoma and it kind of uh, my wife's the youngest of seven and you know fam- like all of the family lives super close yeah. except for us we've, we've been the only ones like far flung yeah. and she she looked at me and said she said I was, i've been away from home for 23 years um i want to go home so i'm like yeah. oh, okay i don't i don't know how that can happen well sovereignly all kinds of things shifted and uh, I ended up uh, walking into a staff position at Vineyard Anaheim, uh, mm-hmm. which which uh, opened a door. The the miracle of the whole thing, and there was there's some other stories around it where, like, um, it was the it was the it wasn't the depths of the economic downturn, but it was 2012 2013. So things were a little better, but they weren't great. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, right when we went to sell our house in Texas we were the 
the weekend we went to sell, we were the cheapest house in our, our, our community, which had like the best schools and blah, blah, blah. So we ended up in this like weird, well, it was just the Lord, this weird little hot pocket zone, like hot zone, just when we needed, it was just one of those things. Like we ended up with, this was 2013. We ended up with 22 offers like in the first, first couple of days. Wow. Uh, and we, yeah. And, and about half of them were all cash. Nice. Which is inter- interesting. So, uh, yeah. So we, the miracle of the whole thing is we were able to get back into California, which is no small task. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, five years at Vineyard Anaheim, uh, a year ago, uh, pastoral transition, uh, uh was, was laid off. Uh, I've never been laid off before. Um, uh, nine people were laid off. It, 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 uh, it wasn't personal. It was a, it was partially transition, partially the, they hired Alan and Catherine Scott. So they hired a kind of a package deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the church, the church needed, needed a shift. I, and, and in the whole thing, it, it was, it really had nothing to do with me. It was just collateral damage. I was collateral damage, <coughs> which is hard to even say because, um, I feel like it was totally the Lord for, for us in particular, because, um, church was super generous to us in the process of leaving and, and has basically, I, I almost feel like I took a five year break from like a larger extra local footprint and kind of with my hand more, my, if, if I look at my kind of vocational ministry career <coughs> life, it's always kind of been in between um, like local church ministries, primarily centered around worship. And, uh, and then for me more directly, like the music world, yeah. like, um, like a music business, uh, studio production, all that, all that kind of stuff. So and those, those two things have always kind of been there uh, in one form or another. And so this new zone I've been in for the last 15 months or so is um, it's it, in one sense, it's more of the same, but it's kind of a, it's a little bit back to uh, kind of prior to coming to California. And it's been super challenging in the sense that <coughs> I've been super busy, um, but it's been super exciting as well. Like it just, it feels like the next, um, it feels like the next chapter uh, has, has opened and, um, so what does yeah. that feel like? What do you what do you uh, what are you up to these days? I mean, I, I went to your website and I looks like you know there's some similar things to what I've been doing. Yep. And, you know, but uh, you're doing some coaching, consulting. I am. Yep. So I I do um I do a mix of things from like I I've been busy almost every Sunday since I left <laughs> Anaheim. Uh, so I do I lead I lead worship a lot. Uh, like for instance, let's see the last, last three Sundays. <coughs> well, actually this just, just in the last, yeah, maybe, maybe the last three Sundays would be a better, better than giving the whole list. So three Sundays ago, um, I led worship at an Anglican church here in, in, I live in Fullerton. Uh, that's very connected. We actually attend the Fullerton vineyard, which is, um, meets on Saturday nights, which is, a uh, is nice in the sense that it leaves my Sundays open. It's also a, a church we helped start. So, um, and it's a mile from my house, uh, and, and dear, dear friends. <coughs> so, uh, so three Sundays ago, I was at the Anglican church. Two Sundays ago, I did a, uh, songwriting retreat. And then I led, and I did a, like a three hour video shoot for a sermon series. And I led worship at three services for a vineyard in Kansas city. Oh. Um, so that was yeah, and on the front end of that, I was in Maine working with uh, uh, guys at Anchor Studio, um, doing singles. Uh, and this, in this particular time, it was vocals and video for some songs for Vineyard Worship. And then yesterday, I was at a uh, I was at a new church plant in uh, what's called Mid City, LA. So it's uh, it's basically just due south of Hollywood. So okay. it's this new church new church plant that um, that. Uh, I've been talking to the pastor, just kind of, you know, told him I'd help them however they needed when I had a moment. And so I'm there this, I was there yesterday. I'm there this coming Sunday and I'm there on Easter. 
so there's that's a little bit of church stuff. Uh, studio's busy. Um, five years to the day of leaving Vineyard Worship, I started. I kind of restarted my old role. Um, I'm not. I'm not running things anymore. I'm. I'm. Um, I'm running a slice, which is uh, basically uh, production and A and R. So, yes. project projects and and songs and songwriters and uh, which is great. Uh, we've been we've had, we have our own podcast too. Uh, yes, I, yeah. yeah and so. It's funny, I because when I went here, I was sharing with some of our our you know followers our email list that I was about to interview you, and I and I sent them to your website and then i said oh hey look he's producing a podcast too and mm-hmm. and uh i thought that was awesome i was i so lisa found it without seeing that email the next mm-hmm. morning and sent it texted it to me i was like yeah i just saw that too <laughs> so there you cool. go it's working <laughs> yeah totally, totally. That's awesome man. that's been fun i'm i'm a i'm a huge podcast listener i have been we actually launched we actually launched a, we were super early in the podcast world yeah we did we ran a uh it had a couple names uh, i think initially it was called the inside worship podcast so we ran a we ran a podcast from 2008 to 2011 i think oh wow pretty early pretty early yeah <laughs> which was kind of most based more around song songs than it was uh songs and interviewing songwriters that's kind of you know in the in, in the vineyard world I feel like maybe I'd listened to that years ago, but I I can't. I sort of like checked out podcasts, and then I checked out of podcast. Like I, and then yeah. all of a sudden, like a couple years ago, I just realized, like, wow, this is such a rich world. <coughs> and um, well, it's all all new renaissance in this podcast podcast space. Yeah, and so. it's so easy to do for for people too, like um, whether or not. You have recording equipment. I mean, you know, it's just it's just so handy to be able to jump on whatever platform you use, hit record, right. talk to people, um, right? And uh, yeah, so I'm definitely I'm going to be listening to that. I'm going to be you know sending people your way. That's awesome. I what what else should we talk about? <laughs> I don't know how much time well, you have. Uh, what. Uh, like I'm waiting till my wife comes home. Yeah, uh, yeah, me prob- too. I probably have 20 minutes. So, <laughs> okay, um, cool. Hey, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna I actually stop this uh, episode there because I want to save the next half uh, for the next episode. So, want to leave you uh, leave you on a cliffhanger because things are are gonna kind of shift gears here, and uh, Casey is gonna share some some stuff that relates more to just worship not not just through music but worship as a life as a lifestyle so we will see you very soon with that episode uh bye this has been the worshipleaderlife.com podcast you can find us at worshipleaderlife.com and we just released a new mini ebook called Four Pillars of an Awesome Worship Leader. We'd love for you to check it out. That's at worshipleaderlife.com. I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Our next podcast is going to be released in a week, and I really hope you join us. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Every knee 